Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, It's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you and also we look at sharing content. So if you if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out John O'White or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult and, and I just wanna find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Therese Seymour. Therese is principal at St. Joseph's School, which is a school in Alstonville in New South Wales in Australia. Welcome to the podcast, Therese. Thanks, Jono. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, I've been looking forward to chatting with you. Um, firstly, for our listeners who may or may not be educators and may or may not be in Australia, we have listeners from all around the world. Can you tell us a little bit about St. Joseph's School and about what the role of principal is here in Australia? Sure. So I'm a principal of a primary school, so children from five to 13 year old. And at my school, I've got about 180 plus students. Um, and my day looks like uh, a lot of time in a classroom working with those children, because I believe here in Australia, our principals spend a lot of time actually with the students and not doing the administrative stuff that lots of other places may may do. I think the difference in um, in our learning here at Alstonville is that we are a flexible learning school. So we have uh, stages of children with a number of staff working in there rather than just one teacher with a group of children. Um, and that day looks like, for me, in a classroom working with those children, maybe doing some maths intervention, a lot of uh, well-being support, um, chatting to students about things that are happening in their family. And with a school my size, I know all those children really well and their families. So it's a, a wonderfully, um, uh, a role where I feel like I'm helping lots of people all in once, all at once every day. Yeah, I think that's, that's, uh, that's one of the reasons I love working with schools so much is because I share that same you know, I really see that educators are helping so many different people, the kids, the parents, the community, all at the same time, the staff. Um, and that's what I love from my perspective when I get to work with educators. So I completely, yeah, that resonates with me as to why you would love being an educator as well, because you make a difference in so many people's lives. Um, let's get into your story a little bit, Therese. As you look back, let's start with growing up, you know, in your childhood, do you remember, what are some of the moments that really shaped you to become the person and the leader you are today? So let's start with the idea that I'm the eldest of nine children. And these nine children were born in 11 years, uh, no twins, no multiple births. Um, and by the time I was 14, mum was on her own with the nine children. So uh, I became the teacher in the family very early because I was the one responsible for my six brothers and their homework and getting dinner and making sure the clothes were on the line and everything else. So I, I found that upbringing kind of pushed me towards teaching. And I found along the way, I had different um, teachers that supported me in, in wanting to take on that 
that role. I had an amazing maths teacher in year 10 who convinced me to be the only girl in my class doing four unit maths. There was just all these wonderful people along the way that said you'd make a good teacher. So I went into the profession because I had already been doing that for a number of years with my own family. Probably along the way then, I've been very fortunate to work with lots of great teachers that have also encouraged me and um, pushed me to go a little bit harder than just in the classroom and take on the leadership role. So, you know, I've been a fortunate person in lots of ways, having been supported in my goal and in my uh, career path by um, many clever people who could probably see that in me already. Yeah, that's um, that's amazing, and and I love that. Um, I always enjoy hearing those stories about, uh, you know, the different aspects of people's childhood. Like for you, being in that almost teacher role, just because of where you came in uh, in, in your family, uh, that really shaped you to to be an educator. What about leadership? When you think of your first, uh, your first sort of leadership opportunities, sometimes it's for people it's in sport or anything with teams. Uh, the times it's when they're really little. Some people sort of say, well, I didn't really have much until when I was 20-something or, or older, someone really believed in me and gave me a chance. Do you remember the first sort of leadership, one of the first leadership opportunities that you had in your life? I was a fairly good tennis player and I used to find myself on the court helping the other kids that were there practicing and the coach said to me you could take a group and I thought no I can't I'm just like them I'm just learning but he said to me you know you've got something there that you can share and if you don't share it you're not using your good skills so I suppose that's the first time I was really aware of what leadership was I but up until then I just I saw things as jobs you had to do this you had to do that but that was the first time someone pointed out to me that leadership is actually sharing skills you have mm. in order that other people can learn from you and 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 I, really I can really remember that day because it was a big learning curve that day to think that you know I have a role here at tennis to help other kids improve yeah that's amazing and, and what I love about that story is that it wasn't a massive spectacle of a moment it was just something said to you uh by someone who saw something in you and saw an opportunity for you that's what i love most about that story and it's amazing that um you know all these years later it's it's still such a clear memory for you uh, and there's been other times i suppose where people have said you know you've got this leadership material but that was the first time I ever saw it as anything different than just being you you know that you had a responsibility uh, in leading someone to improve them so I think that's what sticks with me yeah that's so good Therese and um, you, you mentioned your year 10 teacher and some others through that through that time of your life what about across your whole career so far who are some of the mentors, the, the leaders that have had the biggest influence on your leadership journey? I don't think they're probably the humans I deal with day to day. I think they're more things that I've read that have caused me to think um, and, and change probably how I've been doing things. We did have here at um, 
in Lismore Diocese here at through the Catholic Schools Office, a rather good mentor that worked with me to see that that changes are good things and how we manage change really well. And that leadership really helped me. But I think most of the time, a lot of the things that help me or mentor me in mm. lots of ways are things I read and go looking for more about that. And I love that. What, what are some of those, can you think of any off the top of your head, some some really, some of the pivotal things that you've read at, at key moments that have, uh, I guess, helped you to grow as a leader, inspired you, uh, pointed you in the, in the direction you've gone? What, what are some of the key things you've read or resources that come to mind? You know, my very favourite book is Tim by Colleen McCulloch. And in that, there was one little moment where uh, she teaches Tim to tie his... So Tim's got a, an intellectual disability and she teaches Tim to tie his shoelaces. And it's taken forever to get to that point. But the moment of triumph when the shoelace gets done is, to me, uh, what you do in leadership. You just keep plugging at it until someone gets it and gets it with success and mm. you're good to go. So that's one of my most favourite books because it kind of talks to me about the perseverance and persistence. The other book that I really have um, travelled a little bit with is the book called Professional Capital by um, Andy Hargraves and Michael Fullen. And it talks about uh, transforming teaching in every school and the, the, the capital that we have in our schools and we don't recognise it. Uh, and how we we need to stop and think a little bit more and look at the people and the, the resources and the students we've got in the school and make the best use of all of that rather than keep wanting to change everybody. So they're mm. two for me that have just been amazing, thought-provoking and stay with me books all the time. Yeah, they're great, great recommendations. What, what are the two books again? Can you just remind us of the titles? So Tim by Colleen McCulloch, great yep. Australian author. Mm. Um, so I think it was printed originally in like 1974. Yeah. And then um, Professional Capital is the other book and it's by Andy Hargraves and Michael Fullen. Yeah, thank you, Therese. I, I love getting recommendations because uh, it's just, it's amazing that those books have been so inspiring for you. And, and I just know there might be a listener out there who's been looking for that sort of resource who might go in and buy it and uh, be really helped in the same way. Um, so tell us about your leadership journey. How did you, like, what were your first sort of roles? And then can you just tell us a bit of your trajectory to to end up doing the role you're in now? What, what's that journey looked like for you, Therese? Um, so I started teaching in the 80s, uh, very early in the 80s. Uh, and was quite content to be in a classroom because that was my first love was working with children and, and teaching them and uh, watching them grow. And uh, at one of my schools, the principal said to me, I need you to step into this role, which was like a, a dog's body role, really. It was a job where you, you know made sure there were stores for the classrooms and the bins were emptied and those kinds of things. And I and I did that for a little while and I thought there's more to this than than that. So I looked around and um, came up, I got an AP, an assistant principal role within school. I did that for a little while and then one day my principal came in and asked me to do something for her and I thought, 
why am I being asked to do this? I'm capable of doing this. I should go and have a little look. And so I stepped out and started to look for principal role. And on my very first attempt, I got a job at uh, St John's at Mullumbimby, which is about 40 minutes from here. I spent four years there. Um, it was a very little school and a very country school. And, um, and spent four years there enjoying learning how to be a principal and learning what not to do and what maybe I should be doing. Um, and then I, uh, I I came here where I am at Alstonville. So this is my 17th year at, at Alstonville. And I think I've kept learning all the way along, <laughs> mainly because you're working with different people and different mm. children and everything else. So the leadership has evolved year on year year on year just because circumstances and things have changed like COVID um, that you learn that your leadership might have to adapt and change it can't be the same. Yeah I want to ask you about how you have uh, you know as someone who's been not only in leadership for a long time but in in your leadership role for quite a long time which I think is incredible I'd love to see more of that I think you can make such a difference when you uh, can be in a place for a, for a longer period of time and really continue to double down and invest. Um, but can you tell our listeners, if it's okay, just a little bit about what your region of Australia has gone through recently? Because I want once you do that, I just want to ask you about what you've learned, not only from COVID, but from this recent few months that's yeah. been quite hard for your part of the world. So on the 28th of February this year, the Lismore region was hit, Lismore Balna region was hit very badly by unprecedented floods. Uh, some of our local schools were completely flooded up through the ceilings, the whole lot. Um, some of our schools, while we weren't flooded, we weren't flooded here, but we had a number of families that had lost homes um, and, and businesses. And so in the process of trying to work out what happens next after something just as mind-blowing as what occurred, we uh, started to try and support our own families, um, first of all, and to try, and that was staff as well as um, children, families. Um, we tried to support them first of all, and then we realised that we had two of our local schools, one completely destroyed um, and another one impacted by the flooding because the um, school had been used as like a refuge centre. So we ended up trying to assist one of those schools to get resources to get going on a different site. And then the other school, we had them here for with us for two weeks um, so that they could get their school sorted and back up and running. So the, this is still going on, the whole impact of flooding. Like I said, today it's raining and that noise of the rain triggers so much for so many of our children because that noise sig signifies more rain and it just goes takes them straight back. Not only did we get the flooding at the end of February and then another three weeks later we copped it again and another lot of flooding. So they've they're almost waiting for, oh, here's the next lot and, and, what, and how are we going to cope with that? So it's been a rather interesting time given that we're already dealing with COVID and then to put this tremendous flood or two floods really into the picture has made it a very different type of year this year so far. Yeah. Uh, what 
What have you learned? I mean, this has been the the image that represented what's happened for me because I'm I'm um, you know a few hundred kilometers away up in uh, Brisbane, and there was flooding here, but not as bad as um, anywhere near as bad as as your region. Um, and it was that picture of the McDonald's in Lismore where this the massive McDonald's sign was almost completely under just the sheer uh, scale of the flooding and and how many people lost homes and what what have been the similarities navigating this crisis to COVID? Has it been similar to Reese or is it have they been completely different because one's happened so quickly and one has been drawn out for years? I think for COVID, it was just feeling like you wanted to keep everybody safe and we put things in place to allow that to happen. You know, the, the mask wearing, the, the keeping parents outside the gate, sadly, uh, the signing in, you know, not coming to school if you're sick. That was, that, was, um, that was things to keep people safe. Suddenly with the flood, they weren't safe and we had to work out how we were going to help them from that unsafe place that they were so I think the learning there was first of all we can't help everybody it's virtually impossible to solve everybody around us's issue but we can start with the ones we know that are most impacted so we ended up with a list of families who had lost houses and then we had another list of what we could get where we could find it who, who we could get it from and how we could get it to them and our community was just amazing. The people that weren't impacted by the flooding um, joined us and we had meals being cooked and we had clothes turning up and we had vouchers being given and all those things. So what we looked at it is we were trying to take people from being unsafe and very battered to a place where they felt safe and felt supported. So I think it was a little bit different but it still requires a community effort. It's not just one person or a few people. Everybody had to get involved in doing that yeah. to make that difference for all those people we were helping. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it must have been a massive, massive effort. Um, well, I'd love to jump into a few Leadership Express questions for you, Therese. Um, are you ready? Yes, sure. Bring it on. Okay. I think... Um, You've mentioned your favourite couple of books. I wonder if there might be another one that comes to mind, a book maybe in, in recent times that you have gifted to other people or recommended to other people as well as the two great ones you've already mentioned. Anything come to mind? So one of the books that we used here when we moved to flexible learning at our school was a, a book called A Guide to Co-Teaching. So teaching staff how to work together in a space together. And that, that's um, been a really valuable book for our school and have shared that often with other people so that they can have a think about how we improve student learning by how we work together as a staff in a team. Yeah, that's great. Uh, what about a recent leadership lesson you've learned for the first time or been reminded of? Um, I, I think the floods probably brought it back to me that we're all responsible for everyone in our care. It's not just me, it's everybody. And, and watching the whole community rally around the, the families, to me, made me remember that 
um, you know, it's it's a, a group effort. You don't do something on your own, and nor should you, because it's not um, it, you're not going looking for for kudos for doing something good. You're wanting to work as a community. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what's a great piece of advice you've received about life or leadership? Something where someone gave you a piece of advice and it really stuck with you. I had a former parish priest here at Alstonville and I remember him saying to me, you can't be there for everyone, but you can be try, try to be there for those that need you. Um, it was a mm. pretty good piece of advice, I must say. Mm. You know, you you can't be everywhere and you can't fix everything, but there are people that on a, on a priority scale probably need you more. They're, that's where you need to be. And I I keep remembering Father Frank's great words about that because it's been a really, uh, it's probably come back to me just recently too with the floods. Yeah, wow, that's wonderful advice. You can't you can't be everywhere. You can't help everyone, but you you can help those who need you. Um, you can be where you're needed. Yeah, that's that's wonderful advice. Thank you for sharing that. How? Uh, what about? Any favourite quotes, Therese? Are there any quotes that come up a lot in education or life or leadership that uh, that you just uh, enjoy or, or you like to use them every now and then? The African proverb, it takes a village to raise a child, is our, a bit of our um, motto here at school. Um, it, it takes a village to raise a child because, you, you know, it takes everybody's efforts to get any child anywhere and I think I appreciate that from my own childhood that you know lots of people helped mum with the nine children and I think we do that here at school too it takes all of us to raise each child absolutely um last question if you could only give one piece of leadership advice to a young leader what would you say You will make mistakes. You will make heaps of mistakes, but just don't shut up shop when you do. Learn from it. Because along the way, I can tell you there's been lots of mistakes and lots of miscalculations and lots of things I'd go, oh, I'd do that differently. But if I'd let that get to me and shut up shop, then I don't think I'd be where I am now. I learnt from all those things. So, you know, that would be the advice I'd give. And I give it to my staff here at school because obviously they're all younger than me. Mm. <laughs> um, I give them, them that all the time. Have a go and doesn't matter if you make the mistake, learn from it, go on. But don't shut up shop because you made an error. Yeah, that's great advice. Uh, for those who've really enjoyed your words today, Therese, just wondering if um, – if you are anywhere online that people can connect or follow LinkedIn or Twitter, and if you are, um, uh, oh yeah, where people can go if they're interested in the school and in what you're doing, like you said, um, if, is there any information out there about the way you're doing teaching and learning for, for educators who are listening? Yeah, so our school webpage, um, well, it's St. Joseph's Alstonville. If you search it, you'll find our school webpage. It's got lots of, uh, information around how we work here and things like that. Um, we have a school Facebook page. I often pop things on there as well, and I have my own personal one. And I'm on Twitter, but I don't do much Twittering. I tend to read and wonder, but that's about it. <laughs> that's great. Thank you for sharing those different ways. Well, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Um, it's been wonderful to hear some of Teresa's story and also some of the uh, for Therese to share about some of the resilience of the community where where she's based. I think it's been 
remarkable watching that from from just up the road in Brisbane and uh, just being shaking my head in disbelief at how resilient people are and uh, humans can be. Uh, don't forget, I also have the John O'White Leadership Podcast and the Leadership Question of the Day podcast, but I want to finish today by saying a massive thank you to Therese. Thank you for being so generous with your time, for sharing some of your story and your journey with us, and uh, and just for the amazing work that you and um, the community that you're doing down there as you go through this this tough time. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me, John. It's been a pleasure chatting to you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership, and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage, consultclarity.org, right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited, early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders and you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I, I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this, I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and, and please do that. And look for me, Jono White, 
or clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.